This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Hey, good morning and welcome to C3 Church Online. Man, I'm so excited that you're hanging out with us today. No matter where you're watching from, welcome Thank you for being here. Uh, obviously, I'm not Pastor Byron. I have hair. Uh, but I do want to say thank you so much to Pastor Byron for the opportunity to speak this morning. Man, uh, we have the greatest pastor in the world. And in fact, if you didn't see just a couple weeks ago on social media, Pastor Byron, for the sixth year in a row, was voted in Orlando Magazine as one of the top three pastors in all of Orlando. And this year, he got number one, which is incredible because what that means is that all of Orlando now knows what we already knew, that we have the best pastor in the entire world. And so thank you, Pastor Byron. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Uh, if you haven't had, if you haven't met me, if I haven't had the honor of meeting you yet, my name is Barry. Uh, I get the honor of serving on staff here at C3 as one of the pastors. And uh, man, it's been, it's been an incredible, incredible time being here. When we're, when we're able to meet in person again, if I haven't met you, I would love the honor of meeting you. Uh, I'll introduce you a little bit to my family, my beautiful wife, Kaylee. Uh, this December, we will celebrate 10 years of marriage. Uh, doesn't feel like it's been that long, but I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with her. It's been incredible. And uh, these 10 years have flown by. We've got four little kids, uh, four little monsters. Our oldest is Truett. He turns eight this year. Then Everett, uh, Wyatt, Jude. In fact, you guys can help me right now in the chat. If you'll blow it up, today is Wyatt Jude's birthday. He turns four today. Man, we are so grateful for him. And then little baby girl, Charlotte, she's the youngest and the smallest right now, but don't let her, don't let her size fool you. She runs the house, okay? She beats up her brother's. She runs it. Uh, so there's a picture of my family there you guys can see. But that's not what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to talk about kind of what's been happening this year. 2020 has not looked anything like what we would have thought it was going to look like. In fact, at the beginning of the year in January, everybody was like, 2020 is a year of vision. Like we're going to see clarity and all this stuff. And, and I think now we would probably be like, oh, I don't know if it's what I thought it was going to be. But I would submit to you that maybe the clarity that we all needed wasn't what we thought we needed. Maybe the, the vision and the clarity of 2020 was more of a focus on what's really important in life and and I don't know about you guys, but uh, I've, I've gone on like 408 million, 500 and something thousand family walks, and it's been incredible. We have a great time. I'm a little bit tanner now because we walk so much. But um, one of the things my family and I do on our family walks, uh, there's this book that you might be familiar with called uh, Going on a Bear Hunt. And so sometimes, especially because it rains a lot in Orlando, when we're on family walks, uh, there'll be... Uh, like big puddles or different things. And so as we're walking, we'll say things like, you know, we're going on a bear hunt. We're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to do that. And then we say like, hey, when we get to the puddle, we can't go over it. We can't go under it. We can't go around it. We have to go through it. And what's crazy is that um, <laughs> this little like rhyme, nursery rhyme book, whatever you want to call it, that, that my family and I have, have almost created a tradition out of on our family walks reminded me of this story in Scripture. There's a story found in the book of John, chapter 4, where Jesus has this interaction with a woman at a well. And what's interesting to me, I've never noticed this verse 
until this past week when studying, is that in verse 4, it says this. It says, now he had to go through Samaria. It's interesting to me that, that, that John decides to pick out the phrase, he had to go through. And listen, I, it just spoke to me as, as I thought about this year and 2020 and some of the challenges and different things that we've had to walk through. Listen, you can't go over it. You can't go under it. You can't go around it. You got to go through it. And it spoke to me that if, if the Son of God, Jesus, the only perfect person to ever live, if he had to go through things, so do we. And so maybe this morning, the only reason you're watching today is to hear this, like you've got to go through Samaria. You've got to go through your Samaria to get to the blessing or get to the promise or get to whatever it is that God wants you to see and grow and learn. You've got to go through it. You see, we live in a cancellation nation, right? Like 2020 has been the year of cancellations. Maybe you had a family trip planned this summer to Paris or, or somewhere really, really cool and it got canceled. Or, or maybe you celebrated an anniversary this year and you guys had a great uh, anniversary trip planned and that got canceled. Maybe, maybe a birthday party or uh, seniors, your graduations got canceled. Maybe you had uh, like a, a road trip planned with some of your senior friends and that got canceled. Some of you uh, wanted to watch the Masters or, or March Madness and that got canceled. And, and all of these things have been canceled and we live in this culture that just cancels things and cancel things and things get canceled. But listen, here's what I want you to know today. This promise that I found in 1 Corinthians 13 says this. It says, three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. You see, what I realized when I was reading these scriptures, when I was reading the Bible, is that everything can be canceled except for this. You know what can't be canceled? Faith, hope, and love. the last forever. And so I want to I talk about Samaria. I want to talk about the fact that you have to go through some things. In fact, you'll never be the real you if you don't go through. So often we as Americans, as humans, as people, we want to try to avoid it. We want to get away from it. We don't, we don't like the tension. We don't like the pushback. We don't want to have to go through something, but it's in the process of going through it that God will see you to it. That wasn't even in my notes. That just came to me. I hope it was good. It was good for me. I don't know. But in in this story, okay, Jesus is going through Samaria, which let me give you a little background. Uh, This didn't happen. In fact, the Bible talks about the fact that Jews would do everything they could to avoid going through Samaria. You see, Samaritans were a less than culture. Uh, They were a, a, a mixed uh, culture and, and Jewish people looked down on them. They did not think that they were as good of people and, and a lot of trouble just happened in Samaria. And so Jews would do everything they could. If they had to travel to a place or place close to it, they would go around Samaria rather than going through it. And again, it's just so interesting that John says Jesus had to go through it. And he gets to this, uh, well in the middle of the town. Uh, in, in the afternoon time, and he sends his disciples away. He's like, look, guys, it's not Sunday, right? I need you to go give me some Chick-fil-A. 
Make it a number one extra pickle. Don't judge me, okay? Uh, I need some Chick-fil-A sauce, a large fry. If you'll ask them to make it extra crispy because there's not a fry better when it's hot than Chick-fil-A, but there's not a fry worse when it's cold. You know what I'm saying? So you could blow it up in the chat. Give me an amen, some praise hands, whatever. So uh, extra crispy fries, and then I need, a, I need a large half sweet tea, half lemonade. Okay, so Jesus sends his disciples to Chick-fil-A. Some of you are like, man, I'm hungry, but it's Sunday. Why'd you do this to me? You're welcome. Um, so uh, he sends the disciples away, and he has this interaction with this woman at the well. And he asks her for a drink of water, and, and she kind of calls him out, and she's like, what are you doing? Like, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You're not supposed to talk to me. Like, why are you talking to me? And what I love about who Jesus is, the character of God, is that it doesn't matter who you are where you're from, what your background is. He loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. Even if people say, oh, this person can't be talked to. Even if people say, oh, this person's too far gone. That's not who Jesus is. And so he has this conversation and, and they go back and forth. You can read the scriptures. I'm gonna give you the MBV this morning, the Newberry version, okay? Uh, it's not published anywhere. This is just my interpretation. When I read the Bible, I really like to kind of put myself in the story. So I try to imagine what it would be like to be there that day, seeing the two of them interact. And so Jesus asks for water. She questions why he's asking for water. And then, and then uh, he says like, uh, I can give you water, I can give you living water, and you'll never thirst again. And she's like, uh, you don't even have a bucket to pull water out of the well with. What are you talking about? And so he begins this dialogue with her, and he tells her to go get her husband. And she's like, <clears throat> well, you see, that's uh, it's kind of interesting because uh, I'm not married. And Jesus is like, you're right, you're not married. You've had five husbands, and the man you're living with right now isn't even your husband. And she's like, eh right? And so it's kind of crazy, but Jesus knows this. And, and here's what I think is so cool about this story. The number six in the Bible, the number six represents man. It's a, it's a, it's a number that illustrates man. But you know what the number seven means in the Bible? The number seven is completion. I think it's so cool that the seventh man in this woman's life is Jesus, and now she's going to be completed. She'll be fulfilled completely. What I love about Jesus is that he's not obnoxious in his interaction with her. He does speak truth and calls out some things, but he's not obnoxious. He, in fact, she, she leans in and she wants to listen to what he says. One encounter with Jesus changes this woman's life forever. So that first verse that I shared that these three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. These are what I want to talk to you about today. The first thing that we can hold on to and we can know is that we can have faith in a big God. We can have faith in a big God. You see, if you've got a little God, you've got really big problems. But if you've got a big God, you got really little problems. How about this? How about for 2020, we decide this. We're going to stop telling God how big our problems are, and we're going to start telling our problems how big our God is. You see, if we could just have a shift of perspective and say, God, I'm not going to let my circumstances dictate what I do or what I believe in, but rather I'm going to let the truth of who you are dictate what I do and how I think, it would change everything. First Peter 1 Peter 1.6 says this, it says, 
May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy. Even though lately you've had to put up with grief of many trials, this could be the verse of 2020, right? But, but these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes, for even gold is refined by fire. You feel like you're in a fire right now? You feel like you're under pressure right now? Listen, the Bible says this in 1 Peter 1.7, your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus the anointed one is revealed. Your authentic faith. You see what I realize in that is that you and I, we can't fake faith. You can't fake it. Either you have it or you don't. And I would say the testament of whether or not you've got authentic faith is if you've walked through something. Here's the good news. We're all alive in 2020 right now. We've all walked through something. Authentic faith. I want to I want to admit something to you today. Can I can I be honest with everyone? Well, you can't respond necessarily to me. I can't hear you or son. You can respond in the chat. Uh my name is Barry. I have a problem, okay? I have a shoe addiction, okay? Don't judge me. Love me, okay? Accept me. I got issues. It's okay. I have a shoe problem. In fact, I brought some of my shoes with me today. These are six of my favorite shoes that I own. Uh, I did take count this morning. I have over 30 pairs of sneakers, okay? Don't judge me. We talk, this is church, right? Like, it's a judgment-free zone. I got over 30 pairs of shoes, but I brought some of my favorite. These are uh, my Concord 11s. I love these shoes. They match with everything. I wear them all the time. Love them. These are my Yeezy 350s, my Platinum Tint 11s, my uh, Levi uh, Jordan 4s. These are great. They collabed with Levi's, and these are a jean material. They're incredible. They go with everything as well. My Yeezy Boost 700s and my Triple Blacks. I love sneakers. I also love getting a good deal on sneakers, but here's, here's a crazy thing. Looking in this camera... At these six pairs of shoes, you would not know that every single one of them except for one aren't real. Five of the six pairs of shoes up here are fakes. The only real pair, I can't tell you because then you're going to judge me, right? You just have to guess. When you see me in public, you'll be like, oh, he's real. And you don't know if they're real or fake. But here's what's crazy. You want to know how you can tell? I'll let you know which one's fake. One of them is these. You want to know how you can tell that they're fake? You can tell by the sole. Check this out. I probably grabbed the wrong one. Yep. I'm going to grab the other one. Illustrations only work if they work. The sole is paper thin. You want to know how I think you can tell whether or not you're real or fake? How's your soul? Is it paper thin? When, when pressure comes, when something happens in life, do you just fold? Is there no foundation? I dropped the shoe and pick it up so I don't trip over it. But, but it's crazy to me that it talks about an authentic faith. You see, for years of my life, I was a really, really good fake. I pretended to be a Christ follower. I, I pretended to believe in Jesus. I, I, I wore the mask, right? Like I dressed up the right way. I went to church Every Wednesday and Sunday, I, I, I memorized Bible verses. I led a small group, and I was a really, really good fake. But you know who you can't fake? 
can't fake God and you can't fake yourself. Because even on the inside, I knew, I knew I wasn't authentic. I knew that I said one thing, but I did another thing. Listen, God, God didn't die on a cross. Jesus didn't die on a cross for us to be fake. He died for us to be real and for us to live an abundant life. There's a story of these three dudes in, in the Bible that, that I think are an incredible representation of authentic faith. Their names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and the story, um, there are these three young dudes, and they, they live in this town, and there's this King Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar decides he's going to build this golden statue of himself and then uh, make this law that everyone has to bow down to this golden statue. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they believe in God, and they, they know that there's only one true God. And so they say, uh, we, we will never bow down, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. We, we won't do it. And so the penalty for not bowing down to this statue of gold is, is that you'll be killed. You'll be thrown into a fiery furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego know that their, 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 their future is a fiery furnace if they don't bow down. And here's what I love. Verse 17 in Daniel chapter 3. It says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Verse 18, I love this. But even if, even if, man, this, forget what I said earlier. This is the verse of 2020. Even if he does not, We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. You see, the hashtag for authentic faith is hashtag even if. Because here's what I came to tell you today. Here's what I want you to know. That we have a God that's big enough to do anything and everything. And he can come through. He can save your marriage. He can save your family. He can get you a job. He can heal you. He can do all of these things. But the real testament of authentic faith is whether or not we will still praise him, even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't do what we want him to do, will we still praise him? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown into this fiery furnace. In fact, the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar had it... uh, made hotter than normal, that they had extra coals thrown in to make it even hotter. And God shows up and he shows off and he saves all three of them. They, they spend the night in this fiery furnace and the Bible says, you can't even smell smoke on them. And he saves them. And because of it, Nebuchadnezzar and other people believe that God is who he says he is. The second thing I see from this verse is that you and I, we can have a hope for the future. You see, when it comes to our lives, faith is the builder, but hope is the architect. Hope is what will figure out exactly what's going to happen in our lives. A couple years ago, uh, this was probably more than a couple years ago, me and some friends, in fact, Barry Leathers, the other Barry on staff was with me at this game. He'll remember this. Uh, I got, we got free tickets to go see the Orlando Magic play the Golden State Warriors in the Amway Arena. Now, this is when, like, Steph Curry was on Sports Center every single week. Dude was dropping threes from, like, half court. Like, no problem. They were scoring, like, over 100 points a game. And listen, I'm, as a secret, I'm not a Magic fan. 
It's okay. It's okay. Don't judge me. Remember, judgment-free zone. I've lived in Orlando my whole life. I'm just not a Magic fan. I love the Magic. I'm just not a fan. I'm a Heat fan, okay? Go Heat. Uh, anyways, we won't go there right now. But I went, I went to the game because I really wanted to see Steph Curry play, right? I'm just going to be honest. We're in church. I'm going to be honest. I wanted to see Steph Curry play. You know what? I've been to lots of professional basketball games. I don't know how many. I've been to a few. I've been to a lot. A few. Whatever. I've been to a lot. You know what I've never done before the Golden State game? I've never shown up early. I showed up early to the Golden State Orlando Magic game so that I could watch Steph Curry warm up. What? I'm a grown man, and I showed up early to a basketball game to watch someone warm up because I wanted to see what was going to happen. You know what's crazy? During warm-ups, Steph Curry, like, I don't know if you've ever seen professional basketball warm-ups. They've got these big racks of basketballs, and, like, people like Steph Curry, point guards, uh, they'll, they'll line up at the three-point line with this rack of balls, and they'll just shoot, right, and, and they'll just practice and practice. Steph Curry has a rack of basketballs at the half-court line, and my man is practicing shooting from half-court during warm-ups, and it's fun. It's incredible. Well, I'll never forget, right before halftime, there's about eight seconds before halftime, and Golden State has the ball, and they inbound it to Steph, and he's bringing it down court. Right? He dribbles much more than I do. He dribbles much prettier. And he gets to the half-court line, and you can tell he's about to shoot. He, he kind of gets in the stance. And you know what's crazy? There, there's over 20,000 people in this arena. And it didn't matter if they were Magic fans. It didn't matter, matter if they were Golden State Warrior fans. It didn't matter if they were indifferent. Every person in the arena stands up, and it's silent. And they're all standing in anticipation to witness Steph hit this half-court shot right before the buzzer of halftime. Steph lines up his shot. He releases it. Look at the, look at the wrist, right? No, he, he releases it. Perfect. Drops it right in the bucket. The crowd, the arena erupts in applause. And it's like, it's like crazy. It's like, it didn't matter what, who you were cheering for, why you were there. Everyone went nuts. Here's my question. Are you and I standing in anticipation for what God's going to do in our lives? Because Steph could have missed the shot. In fact, he had missed other shots that game. But it didn't stop us from standing in anticipation to witness what was going to happen. And I think... I think you and I need to get back into the habit of, of not just sitting and being lazy and stepping back and thinking God's not going to do something, but rather standing in anticipation for what God is going to do in and through our lives. You see, John 16.33 says, here on earth you will have trials and sorrows. You will have trials and sorrows, but take heart. Because I have overcome the world. See, the great news is that we already know God is one. We already know he's done it. So we, we can stand in anticipation knowing that we already know the end of the book. We already know the end of the story. He's one. So three things. I can have faith in a big God. I can have hope for a future. And the last one, I have love for God and people. Remember John 4, the beginning of my message? You're like, whoa, that was the beginning of your message? Yeah, yeah. John 4, Jesus has this interaction with a Samaritan woman. He sends his disciples to get Chick-fil-A. They're not supposed to talk to each other. This whole thing happens. And here's what's crazy. So uh, 
the disciples get back in verse 30. I love it. They get back and they're like, here's your number one. And, and Jesus is like, no, nah, I'm good. It's like, what? You turned down Christian chicken? What? Like, he's like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm full. And I love, I love, like, I love this story because the, 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 the disciples are like, well, who gave him food? Like, did someone feed him? Like, what happened? Like, how, how did he eat? And they're like talking to each other and they're like, why isn't he hungry anymore? I don't get it. Like, this is a really good Chick-fil-A meal. I don't understand what's going on. And, and, uh, Here's what's so cool as I dug into this, and, 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 and I just wonder, could it be, could it be that you and I have an actual hunger for living out our purpose for which we were created? That you and I could actually have a hunger for living out the purpose in which God created us. You see, Jesus' purpose was to come to earth to show who God is and who his real character is of love and mercy and grace. And it was to share the message of love with everyone that he could and then to die on a cross, pave a way for us to have a relationship with God. You see, I would submit to you this morning that the reason Jesus wasn't hungry anymore is because he had fulfilled the purpose of the Father. John 4, 39, we pick up the story and it says this. It says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. You see, what happens is after she has this experience with him, she says, okay, Jesus, hold on. I'm going to run back to town and I'm going to tell everybody about you. I'm going to go tell everyone that the Messiah is here. I've interacted with him. I've encountered him. He's changed my life. And I'm going to go tell everyone about it. And so it says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimonies. She said, he told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. I love this, verse 41. And because of the words, many more, because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer just believe because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. You see what I think happens often uh, in our lives, right? Like we think we're not good enough for God, and that's true. And we think that our past has disqualified us from being able to, to be a Christian or to speak to anything in this world. And listen, here's what I believe this story tells us is that your past actually becomes your platform. You see, there were, there were all these Pharisees in that day. There were all these religious leaders, people who knew the Bible backwards and forwards. They knew everything about God. They had it all here, but nothing here. And God uses this woman with a past who culturally was an outcast, who culturally was less than, and he uses her. And the Bible says in verse 41, many more became believers. You see, I think what the enemy would love to do is for, for you and I to feel like whatever it is that we have in our past, whatever it is that we believe disqualifies us is exactly what God uses to qualify us. Remember, you have to go through it. You and I will listen to somebody more if we can know that they've actually been through something, if they're speaking to something that they've actually walked through their faith 
is authentic at that point. Jesus uses her in incredible ways. Y'all, everything, everything can get canceled this year. But the only things that will last forever, forever are faith, hope, and love. The Bible says that the greatest of these is love. And I would submit this question to you this morning, and I'm done. What are you doing? Maybe, maybe that, maybe you're in one of two camps this morning. Maybe you're in the camp of like, Barry, I listen to you and I hear you, but there's no way that God could actually love me. Well, you can, you can go back and read this story in John 4 about this woman who nobody loved. Yet God, instead of communicating condemnation to her, communicates love. You see, God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And the the Bible is, is a book, and it's, it is a historical book, but it's so much more than that. You see, the Bible is the only book that, that you don't just read, it reads you. And I would submit that when you read the Bible, you're reading one of the greatest, not one of, you're reading the greatest love story of all time. God sent his son, Jesus, his only son, to, to live on earth to walk through what you and I would walk through, to feel the pain and the hurt and the frustration and the confusion that we would feel. He sent him to feel that. He sent him to give us love and compassion and to show that. And then to, to be murdered on a cross. To show how much the Father loves us. So maybe you're, you're sitting on your couch this morning. Maybe you're driving in your car. You're driving in your car, pull over real quick. But this morning, if you would say, hey, Barry, I, I don't have that love. Man, what's incredible is that it's free and you can have it right now. The Bible says that all you have to do is ask for it and you can have it. And there's, there's something incredible. There's no magical prayer that you have to say. There's not some magical to-do list that you have to do. All you have to do is ask for it. And the Bible says if you ask, God will give it to you. So wherever you are this morning, if that's you, would you pray this prayer with me? Would you say, God, I need you? I'm so sorry for the mistakes I've made. I ask you to forgive me. God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. God, I, from this day forward, I want to live for you the best that I know how. Hey, listen, if you just prayed that prayer with me, you guys blow it up in the chat. Throw some praise hands, some clapping hands, a little confetti cannon, whatever. Man, we are so excited that you prayed that prayer this morning. Man, the the Bible says that the angels are throwing a party in heaven for you, and we're so excited. In fact, we would love the honor of praying for you. We'd love to send you a free gift. So if you just prayed that prayer, would you do us a favor? Would you text your first name to 407 487-8311. Just text your first name to 407-487-8311. And then listen, maybe maybe this morning you've, you've already got the love. You've prayed that prayer. And you're in the other camp of what are you doing with it? When was the last time you told somebody about God? When was the last time you shared what God has done in your life? Right now there's an easy way to do that. You can 
If you're on Facebook watching, you can just share it to your timeline. If you're watching on our website, you can text the link to somebody. You can also just call somebody. What? Well, like, what? I call somebody? Yeah, yeah. You can call somebody. You can FaceTime somebody. But this week, this week, let's find an opportunity to share who Jesus is with somebody. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for every single person watching, listening today. God, I pray that you would use them in incredible ways. I pray that this week we would have an opportunity to share your message of love with someone. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, we love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. If there's any way that we can be praying for you specifically, we would love the honor of doing that. You can email us at hello at c3church.cc. Hello at c3church.cc. We love you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.